Hi, I'm Chrissy. And I'm Carrie. And we are Status Macabre. I'm sorry. We had to do a so couple. T- we had to do a quick take. Chrissy's funny. She's like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to say. I'm sorry. It's I'm stressed. I think I could probably do that one time and just do the whole thing, and nobody would ever know. Probably because I don't remember if it was Charles or Chandler, but one of them's like, or maybe it was my brother. Yeah. It was like, you guys sound just alike on the phone. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That he always said, I never yeah. know which one I'm talking to. Like I don't think yeah. that we do, but because I'm nasally. Oh, and I'm raspy. Yeah. See, yeah. There you go. So I don't know. It's uh, it's it, it definitely sounds like I, I'm a pack a day smoker or something. I'm not. <laughs> I don't smoke. But didn't did you used to smoke? Like in my twenties. My oh, God, that was so long ago. I know. <laughs> and maybe and maybe we're a like little, a week apart in age, you guys. Yeah, and and maybe in my uh, early thirties. Really? Yeah. I never. Yeah. You never smoked? No. I, so I tried it, right? Yeah. I tried it when I was like 13 with all the quote unquote cool kids. And I, I took some money out of my mom. My mom worked third shift and she slept during the day oh, you and stole we money? weren't supposed to be out of the house. And right. while mom was sleeping, I was like, we could ask her anything when she was sleeping and she'd be like, yeah, whatever. Get the fuck out of here. I don't care. Yeah. And so I took money out of her purse back in the freaking eighties. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. I wrote a note. And because I had really good handwriting for my age. And I yep. fake signed it as my mom. Like, please sell my daughter some. <laughs> and guess what I bought? Newports. Ew, gross. You stuck I had no, I had no idea, idea, right? So so I walk up to the little corner grocery store. The grocery store or the yep. convenience store is still there. I was like, my mom says blah, blah, blah. And I get it. And I get some candy. And I go back. And there's like three or four people in the woods behind right, the house. Yeah. And I don't remember who lit it, but it went around when it got to me. I inhaled and I was like, nope. nope. <laughs> and I walked my ass home. I said, no, sir. No, ma'am. Thank Y'all you. Keep goodbye. The cigarettes. And I think my brother started, I think my brother started smoking from that point on. He doesn't smoke anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I was right. like, I will never yep, I do did. that shit again. I, did. I was a social smoker. So when I drank, I smoked a lot. I had a friend who she's All a longer friend now, but I had a friend who was a closet smoker. I yeah. didn't realize that was a thing. That is a thing. People. Oh yeah. My husband's uh, Ryan's mom. I mean, it's a like definite closet smoker. I never knew it was a thing. And yep. it was probably, I probably knew her for, cause we worked together for many years before I knew she was a smoker. Yep. And then, and then it was, and then I had a friend who would only smoke whenever she went to the bathroom. That's, Whenever she went and like oh, took a shit, took a shit. I was yeah. like, really? She's like, oh, yeah. I feel like I, I got to do it. I'm like, sometimes, <laughs> okay. it, sometimes it did help. I will say that you smoke a cigarette and got to take a poop. So I don't know why. So anyway, cigarettes. Yeah, squirrel. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So we digress. So anyway, um, now that you know all about our uh, smoking habits or lack thereof, um, we'll meet in the middle. Yeah. I don't have any business. It's the holidays. Well, yeah, it is the holidays. And so from now until the end of the year, you guys, our schedule is just going to be a little bit wonky. We appreciate all of the love and support. I definitely, Absolutely. yeah, the, the messages, <laughs> everything that we're getting, you know, you guys, if you have someone that you would like for us to research and do a story on, please let us know. Oh, please reach out. I want, yeah. I love it when people say, Hey, research yeah this case you know um also you guys please you know if you if you like what we're doing give us five stars if you have any feedback absolutely 100 percent interested in in hearing that we've kind of taken a taken a 
step back and looked at how we're uh, recording and presenting and trying to switch things up a little bit. But 2022 is going to be an awesome year and we're super excited. Yes, it is. All right. So on with the show. Yeah. So uh, stupid crime of the week. Um, I love these, but I don't think any's going to compare to Cheeto person. The Cheeto person? The Cheeto chick? I don't know. This was one's pretty good. This yeah, one's pretty it's, good. It's <laughs> so um, we have Gerald Streeter. Always with the freaking dudes. Yep. He was spotted um, humping a the discarded yellow a discarded uh, yellow couch on a street corner in Wisconsin by an off-duty policeman in, on a late night jog. Late night jog. The policeman was under the impression that there was a woman underneath Streeter on the couch when he came across. Sorry, this unsavory sight. <laughs> Streeter ran off, um, but the policeman, uh, who is Ryan Edwards, saw that there was no one else on the couch, and <laughs> and um, but also could see the defendant's erect penis, which is lovely. You know, I okay, I gotta say, I gotta hand it to, to you, cops, because if I see an erect penis out in public, I'm probably just gonna turn around and go the other way. I'm not going to investigate. I'm totally. I'm absolutely, totally going to run. So Edwards observed that there was no one else on the couch. Believe Streeter had been thrusting his pelvic area against the cushions and trying to sexually gratify himself by rubbing his penis between two cushions. So luckily for the defendant. Sounds like a rash is about to happen. I know, right? (laughs) Luckily for the defendant, he avoided jail and was handed a five-month Suspended sentence and placed on probation for a year. Maybe he was vigorously looking for his keys or wallet down the side of the couch when he got aroused. I don't. I don't know. Either way, he was brought. <laughs> he was brought um, into the media spotlight um, pretty quickly. So, I mean, if you see a couch on the street, just look. Just go. Just the other go way. the other way. I. I wouldn't even recommend sitting on it to testing. You know, test it out. I. There's no need. Just just keep going. Definitely. Um, now I will no longer pick up old furniture on the side of the road because I don't know who is trying Thank to assault Thank you. The I always think about that when I go to a hotel. It's like, what are the, you know, what's been done on the couch? I mean, bed. that's fair because yeah. if you're going to do it in public. Right. Don't. Exactly. What are you going to do behind Thank four you. walls? Thank you. Just try not to think <laughs> about it too hard, guys. All right. So this week we are going to be talking about Carla Homolka and Paul Bernardo. Um, this these guys are gross. These people are the probably the grossest two individuals I can think of in recent history. Um, this case has always bothered me, and not just for the crimes themselves, but because the universe put two psychopaths together and. You know, it was a match made in heaven for Carla, um, who in 1987 was only 17 when she met 23-year-old Paul Bernardo while attending a pet food convention outside of Scarborough, Ontario. But these people got together, and I'm as we go through this, you might want to, I don't know, flip the channel and (laughs) or pause it, fast forward a couple seconds in some of these parts. I just trigger warning. Yeah, it's just really it's awful. It's fucking awful. And if you haven't heard of this case, I you might have been living under a rock. But anyway, so we're gonna talk about it. 
So Carla at the time she met Paul was attending high school and working at a pet store in her hometown of St. Catharines, Ontario. And just for reference, St. Catharines is in the Niagara region of Canada. So it's really kind of close to the U.S. border. Carla was very pretty, blonde, uh, with blue eyes, had a very pretty smile. She was popular in school and the oldest of three daughters to Dorothy and Carol Homoka. Um, Logan, which I think that was another sister of hers, um, she had a nickname of Lori, so, um, but her real name was Logan, apparently. And she was born a year after Carla in 71 and then Tammy in 1975. So she was the oldest. And um, like I said, she was very um, pretty. Her her father was uh, Czechoslovakian. So I'm, I'm, I guess maybe the very prominent cheekbones and whatnot came from her father. Um, and he was an immigrant and worked as a traveling salesman. He often got drunk and fought with her mother while Carla and her two younger siblings comforted each other. So Carla herself was asthmatic and often had to be hospital hospitalized. So during her formula, formula, why can't I say that word? Formative. I was going to say formula. Formulative. 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 That's why I thought I was like, she's going to say formulative. I know. I couldn't get it out. <laughs> um, her formative years, she enjoyed drawing and pets. She loved animals. She was very smart. Um, she had an IQ of 132, which... Clearly, she's too smart for her own good yeah. because she didn't see... Any of this coming. Yeah, right. she didn't see And I don't it. want to give it away, but you know, yeah, just, yeah. just same. Yeah. But she, um, so in 132 is considered extremely um, high intelligence. Yeah. Um, and she was very well liked by her teachers, but some of her friends thought she could be a bit bossy. Um, but you Because know, I'm smart, bitch. I was going to say, but aren't we all? Don't, don't you act like you know everything? Um, hello? My brother's because always said I was bossy. I do. Well, yeah. you are bossy. Oh, I'm definitely bossy. I'm not, <laughs> I don't have a high IQ, but you know. <laughs> I think... I think as single females, like I know mm -hmm. I boss my your brother's, my brother's around. around. I still, oh. my oh, brother still. will be like, calm down. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize. I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was being Hashtag a bitch. Not sorry. And being bossy. <laughs> but anyway, so um, <laughs> although she loved animals, she uh, actually, she once threw a friend's pet hamster out of the window, which resulted in its death. So there's that. I just thought that was an interesting tidbit. <laughs> like, can you imagine somebody like taking a hamster and being like, oh, that is, that douche. is sad. Yeah. Like, do, brain, brain on things that can't defend themselves. Like, what the fuck is a hamster supposed to do? I know what you're <laughs> flying. It's maybe, not like. <gasps> maybe she thought it was one of those flying hamsters. Squirrels? No, <laughs> don't. God. Tab, stop the recording. I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe she Maybe. thought it was a flying hamster. Flying squirrel. Whatever. It, I had <laughs> web. So close. It, it was so it was. I could see it in my head. And I was like, wait, that's not it. I hope Charles isn't listening to this or doesn't listen. Because <laughs> you're going to get cultivating. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> so so um, she was also known to be very bold when it came to boys. Um, in high school, she dated a boy named Doug and admitted to experimenting with drugs and having sex with him. She often fantasized about weird situations related to death and once had attempted to cut herself with a knife. So she seems to be maybe... 
I, you know, maybe her parents arguing and, and whatnot. Oh, she clearly has issues. Yeah. Um, had an impact on her. Well, Paul Bernardo, at the time he met Carla, was a student at the University of Toronto studying to be an accountant. So, like, the mo- most boring job ever. And no offense isn't, to I was gonna say, anybody <laughs> who's an accountant. Because my dad is a CPA. My ex-husband is also a CPA. I'm surrounded by people who are boring. But... <laughs> I, I I don't understand. Yeah. Some people just love numbers. Some people are good. I mean, yeah. You're good with numbers. Your ex-husband, he was helping oh. me with taxes. I was like, I don't even know what's happening right now. Exactly. There's, there's something Ex- magical going on and I know nothing about it. <laughs> More power to those people that can, yeah, yeah, deal with that. Absolutely. So Paul was born in August um, 27th, 1964 to Kenneth and Marilyn Bernardo. And is the youngest of three children. So while Carlo was the oldest, he was the youngest. Um, his father sexually abused um, Paul's sister, and also fondled a girl who was and was charged with child molestation in 1975. Apple does not fall far from the tree. Oh, people. as we yes, as we see, as we I think will see. Take this into consideration. <laughs> Yeah, um, Carrie's laughing at me because apparently I'm old. She almost I can't, blinded me. I can't see Jack, and I have to use my phone, my phone um, flashlight to read. I because uh, you know we all know I take notes. So um, so anyway, it's just me. It's my contacts. Is that the darker? That's the darker one, though, right? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Yep. I mean, we're all good now. She's got the little mini sun in here. I know. I love it. I can get you a flashlight. I'm good. <laughs> That's why I'm using my phone. Anyway, Paul's mother was very depressed um, about her husband's abuse and withdrew from As the... she should be. Yes, I would be too. And she withdrew from the family and lived in the basement of their home in Scarborough, Toronto. Let me Toronto. tell you what I would do except for that, though. I would chop his dick off. Oh, my gosh. They, did you hear about the, the woman who smashed her husband's testicles in their wedding book when she found him? <laughs> yes, had That's cheated on I her? I would do to Yes, him. I'm sorry, but... I'm sorry. I, I, you know, cheating's one thing, but you've molested my daughter now. Oh, there's... That's it. I'm taking you out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a friend's daughter, another I know. Kid. Exactly. So, and it was reported that she was also very verbally abusive So the mother was as abusive well. as well. Yeah. Wow. So he was dealing with it from both sides. Good grief. He was seemingly happy as a child, though, and was actually very cute. So if you look up his childhood pictures, he's got dimples. They were he's, both attractive. Yeah, yes. And she, he had blonde hair, dimples, really cute. Wasn't and, she blonde, too? Yep. And all the mothers thought he was just the perfect child because he was just very polite, well-mannered. But under all that cuteness, there was some very dark and disturbing thoughts rolling around in his head. He had developed a taste for humiliating women in public, beating the ones that he dated, and started peeping on his female neighbors while they undressed. So you got some devilish things going on there. Yeah. When Paul was 16, his mother told him that his father was not his biological father, which... She, in fact, had had an affair, and Paul was the result of the affair. Did they... You may not know this, but this just popped into my head. Mm-hmm. Was that ever confirmed? Or yeah, mm-hmm. oh, so yeah, yeah. It was not. Yeah, that's could not you imagine his father. What that would feel like. I have no idea, and I to not only find it's one thing to find out when you're younger, but when you're 16 and you have grown up with this man and yeah. put up with his bullshit, knowing that, you and know, he's not even your dad. I could have killed yeah. this fucker a long time ago. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, Paul's disgusted um, and openly humiliates his mother and insults her um, in public. Aside from his disrespect for women, though, in general, people like Paul for the most part. I mean, so this was the eighties, right? Yes. This so was the I don't, 80s. I don't know that we do that anymore. Like, hey, this is my bud, and I'm just John. John's a great guy, but he completely disrespects women. And exactly. you're not going to have Anne friend nowadays. Yes, you will be canceled. <laughs> culture do your thing i'm probably canceled all over the place <laughs> same, same. this is why this we is have why no friends i was gonna say this is why i'm no friend so yeah there you go yeah. and there's that yeah. well carla and paul um have both said that when they first met in 1987 it was love at first sight within hours they were in carla's hotel room having sex while her friends were still in the room so they're going at it she was the type of girl that was insecure and needed constant attention. Clearly. In the beginning, no one liked Paul dating Carla due to the age difference, and she just started acting different. Her family noticed her attitude changed, and her friends and family just didn't like it. Now, in 1988, a sexual predator was roaming the streets of Scarsboro. There were a reported seven attacks by women in that area. The perp would grab a woman who was getting off a bus or walking in the park. He'd then drag them behind the bushes um, or to a secluded area and rape them. He'd always grab them and rape them from behind so the victims couldn't see the attacker's face. Although several of them caught glimpses and saw that he was white, young, and had light color hair. The attacker would force the women to call themselves degrading names like slut and then made the attacker then made the women refer to him as quote unquote the king. And I mean to me that's very disturbing. Yeah. I mean it's one thing, yeah, all right, I'm a slut. Sure, I'm a slut. But I'm sorry, I why am I calling you the king? I just I'm the king of blood. So nowadays, you'd be like, <laughs> if I was a detective, I would say, I want everybody social media has got anything the king. Came, exactly. <laughs> like, see how? Exactly. So police are trying to solve the case um, and have no leads. So they take over 100 DNA samples from Scarborough men in the area. In the media, um, they've dubbed this perp as the quote-unquote Scarborough rapist. And the pressure is on to catch this guy, so they call in an FBI profiler to help put a profile together of the perp. The profiler pegs the attacker as a high-functioning, intelligent, psycho-sadistic individual who lived in the area in a very dependent situation, so like with parents or someone else. Mm -hmm. um, he was most likely in a violent relationship with a woman and would likely escalate from rape to rape slash homicide if he wasn't caught. The profiler, after examining the rash of rapes within the area, linked the attacker to four more, totaling 11 rapes um, in the area. And 11 rapes in, like, what, a year? Yeah, so we're, we're talking a very short timeline. Um, and it's, I mean, apparently women are just calling into the police i've just and been raped or, or been murdered been atta yet. attacked right okay um so now meanwhile you know amongst these rapes carla and paul's relationship is beginning to flourish i mean they're they're just getting along yeah, like because he's getting what he needs from right exactly and i mean i'm assuming 
Yeah, I well, you would one would assume that yeah. he was getting. I mean, he was getting his cake and eating it too. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but <laughs> um, so Paul would drive eighty miles one way from Scarborough. Scar and Scarborough. It, thank you. Tongue tie. Um, Scarborough <laughs> to St. Catharines to see Carla. And then he'd shower her with gifts and flowers and he doted all over her. So he was So he so she was probably at this point, she was definitely like Oh, she was amazing. In love. Oh yeah, she thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. So that's how they get you, ladies. Oh yeah, they they that's draw they you in. You. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's like, kinda like It's kind of like a job. All these wonderful mm-hmm. perks is amazing. 401k, they match. <laughs> unlimited PTO. And then Sounds you're in so their great. clutches after that 90 days. And it's like, fuck. And then, yeah. What happened? You're working 80 hours a week. week it, yeah. <laughs> on all weekends. There's no overtime. You haven't taken a shower. Your PTO was approved. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and Carla's parents... Actually, after initially not approving of Paul, fell in love with his polite and charismatic personality. They thought, okay, this guy's pretty pretty decent. But the honeymoon phase wouldn't last. Carla graduated high school in the spring of 1989. And by the fall of that year, she was telling people that Paul was verbally ab- abusive to her. What did I tell you? Yep. But she very much forgave him really quickly. I mean, she was very quick to forgive him. She seems to have a victim mentality too. Very much so. That if that, if that's not nailing it on the head, I don't I don't know what is. So, um, in December of that same year, during a romantic getaway to Niagara Falls, Paul proposes to Carla, and of course she says yes, and they set a wedding date for the spring of 1991. Paul, at this point, has been trained as an accountant, and actually had aspirations of being a rap singer. Which is very strange to me, but apparently he liked rap. I don't. And we had no white rappers at that time, especially that I can white Canadian rappers. <laughs> oh yay! Do you know what I, I think don't... about? I think about Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> <laughs> the guy I forgot his name. The big know? guy with the glasses. No, the rapper. The, the rapper. Trailer Park. You know the what, the movie. <laughs> I cannot. That's a great analogy there. I wonder if that's. Uh, Maybe they based um, that guy off of Paul Bernardo. <laughs> but yeah, I can't, I can't, I totally can't see this guy being a rapper that anybody would listen to. I don't, I, I don't know. But anyway, so, but, so uh, I lost my place. So anyway, he, J-Rock was his name. His name was what? His name was J-Rock. J-Rock. <laughs> in the, um. In Trailer Park. So in Trailer Park Boys. Did you ever watch Trailer Park Boys? I watched like one or two episodes. Oh, well, then you would. You don't remember him? I don't think J-Rock. so. J-Rock. I'll have to yeah, go back and check it That's who I think about out. when I think about. So we ought to call him J-Rock. No, I'm kidding. Okay. J-Rock. <laughs> so anyway, he also um, at the same time is, is becoming very interested in the Brett Easton Ellis novel, American Psycho. And he, quote, read it as his Bible, end quote. So that's that's pretty fucked up as well. Now, I didn't read the book, but I saw the movie. The movie was torturous enough. I can't Ugh. imagine how much worse the book oh, was. I wanted to slap Christian Bale like across <laughs> the fucking face cuz he was just so and 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 uh, and really, I can see the comparison between Paul Bernardo and the psycho char- character because he 100% was. He thought he was this 
lavish, awesome dude who every woman wanted when... Not so much. Not so much. But uh, meanwhile, police release a sketch of the Scarborough rapist, and wouldn't you know it, the image looks oddly familiar. In fact, it looks just like Paul Bernardo. In fact, his friends called, I mean, this is some fucking friends, right? His friends see the sketch and call the police to say that, hey, um, this sketch here looks just like my buddy. I mean, I kind of get it. Like, I, I, I saw that earlier and I was like, okay, I, what would I do? Oh my God. If you like, oh my God, Chris, that looks like Chris. I don't call the police. I, I, I think, I, I think I, knowing me, I would probably try to poke and prod a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. I would probably be like, get you drunk. Like, oh my God, girl, can you believe like this murder looks just likely like you. And then you'd say, yay or nay. And then I would call the police. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> reward money is in the bag. God, I was getting ready to say there must be reward money or something. If you're not going to get anything out out of it, I would totally not do it. I'd be like, um, I need you to help I me would, get rid of this body I would, back here. I would use it for a podcast, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> how does it feel to kill somebody? I'm I'm just asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. We totally don't know anybody. Who's no, we nobody. Well, anyway, so he, you know, his friends have ratted him out. So police bring in Paul, question him, and then request a DNA sample. Well, Paul emphatically denies that he would ever do such a thing as raping a woman and says they are barking up the wrong tree, but agrees to actually provide the DNA sample. So I'm like, what was he planning on for that? Was he like, oh, okay. He was probably thinking if he said no, he would look guilty. Yeah, that's fair, but that's the only thing I got. And maybe because it being so new, had no idea really maybe, what it was. Maybe that's fair, maybe. Well, the sample is then taken to the Center of Forensic Sciences in Toronto, where it just sits on a shelf waiting to be tested, along with like hundreds maybe he thought he would of never other actually hear anything. Back. Maybe we're smarter than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Now, remember, DNA in the late 80s and early 90s was relatively new in the way of solving crime. So it took a while to extract the DNA from the sample and then analyze each sample. Which is good news for the rapist because, you know, that buys them some more time to rape. Bad news for the population in the area. Exactly. Lock your doors, ladies. (laughs) So after Paul is questioned by the police, he moves in with Carla and her parents in St. Catharines. Um, and interestingly enough, when Paul moves, wouldn't you know it, the attacks in Scarborough suddenly stop. Hmm. But right. But now suddenly a rash of attacks happen in St. Catharines. So, I mean, I, I feel like you guys are putting the pieces together. <laughs> so, I mean, you're, you're <laughs> such a hard trail to follow. It's, it's very hard. Well, Carla, obviously being naive or maybe just selectively ignorant, Um, to Paul's behavior, doesn't suspect him of anything. In fact, no one suspects Paul. And Carla's family loves him so much, especially Carla's younger sister, Tammy. She loves him like an older brother and kind of looks up to him. Paul, on the other hand, is becoming obsessed with Tammy and starts pressuring Carla to let him have sex with her. Can you imagine? Um, I don't have a sister. No, but I mean, I... Can you imagine, like, your fiancé saying, oh, hey, um, would you mind hooking me up with your sister on the side real quick? Or even friend. Like, if, if like, Thank you. If, if I was engaged, like, hey, you know, could... Could you about, come here with like, Chrissy? Mm, I'm going to think, no, no, get out. No, no. But that would be insulting, right? Absolutely, it would I be insulting. I think that would be extremely insulting. 
Well, he he was attracted to the fact that Tammy was a virgin. Oh god. So that was that I mean, was good the for big her, but, Oh god. That was the big thing. Well, she was a kid. Yeah. She was a kid. Now Paul has devised a plan that will allow him to have sex with Tammy without her knowing. Carla finally agrees, reasoning that she'll give her sister's virginity in place of her own because she wasn't a virgin. And this is, you know, Carla's Christmas present to Paul. Which, I'm sorry, once again, is fucked up. So on December 23rd, 1990, after the rest of the family goes to bed, Carla and Paul invite Tammy to have cocktails with them. Well, Tammy doesn't know that in her drinks... Um, Carla and Paul laced those with sleeping with a sleeping pill called Halicon. And Carla had purchased that drug on her own. Now, how she got it, I don't know, but I looked it up and it's really for somebody who's got insomnia or, you know, slip. So it's like a prescription? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it would be a prescription drug. It doesn't seem like the drug is working um, as they're, like, you know, crushing them up and putting them into her drinks. Um, So they keep spiking her drinks until and adding more and more Halicon until she passes out. Well, to ensure that she stays passed out, uh, Carla takes a rag soaked in halothane, which is an animal, um, like, anesthetic tranquilizer. Um, that she stole from her place of work um, and places it over her sister's face to keep her sedated so that Paul could rape her. And which he does. And of course, I mean, why not? Would Carla not videotape that? So um, here we go. We're raping Tammy and her sister is videotaping the rape. So Carla, like she... She doesn't want to do this from the beginning. She's talked into it. She's persuaded. I'm not yep. saying that she's not guilty here. But what right. I am saying is she seems to have some semblance of a conscience or a soul somewhere in there. And probably maybe not right now, but she's never going to forgive herself for this. No, absolutely not. Never. No. She's well she's got issues, but she's not fucking crazy. Right. Agreed. Well, and I think in her head it was we're going to knock her out. She won't even know it. And he'll he'll have been satisfied. And that will be the end of it. And she's stupid because, yeah, you know. Naive. Very naive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's 17. Think about when you were 17. I think at 17, we were all somewhat naive. I know I was. I still am to this day. Some, I wasn't to some degree. That naive. Well, when Paul finishes, he tells Carla it's her turn. And Carla has... She says she refuses, but he finally sways her, and Carla ends up assaulting her own sister, um, all while Paul videotapes the two of them. Mm. Well, during the assault, Tammy starts vomiting and choking, but she remains unconscious. Thank God. So getting nervous, they redress Tammy, hide all the evidence, and then call 911. When the paramedics arrive, they tell them that they've tried to revive Tammy by doing CPR after she passed out from drinking but couldn't get her to wake up. Tammy is then rushed to the hospital, and in the early morning hours of Christmas Eve, she is pronounced dead. Despite, you know, Carla and Paul's odd behavior, um, which would be them vacuuming and washing laundry in the middle of the night, um, and the obvious chemical burn on Tammy's face from the halothane, um, because doctors are thinking that's a actual rug burn, which is 
fucking bizarre to me. Um, but they think she has a rug burn on her face. Um, How would she get a rug burn on her face? I guess from uh, Paul or Tammy. I'm sorry, Paul or Carla doing CPR, trying to do CPR on These her. These are the stupidest doctors because Agreed. you know you don't do it on somebody's back. Like, uh, <laughs> right. flip them over, face in her. Right. Well, anyway, no one suspects Paul or Carla of doing anything malicious to Tammy. Um, they ruled Tammy's death as a tragic accident, having choked on her own vomit after having too much alcohol, which is feasible, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. she probably had an alcohol level of something that was... Ungodly. Know, ungodly, right. And Not, they likely didn't test for anything else. No. So, no. yeah. No. Well, who would think that her sister, sister and yeah. fiance would do something to hurt yeah, you don't think her. that. I mean, that's... There I, would have to be some... Somebody would have to be suspicious. And her agree. parents liked him. Yep. Everybody liked him. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody nobody thought anything of it. Well, Carla's family obviously is very devastated. Um, and a month after Tammy's killing, um, Carla and Paul move into their own house in a town called Port de Lucie, which is in Ontario and just outside of St. Catharines. So now that they are out of the watchful eye of Carla's parents, Paul begins begins abusing Carla and teases her that he is the Scarborough rapist. So she really had no clue. She, I, I really don't think she did. Well, Carla is just not sure whether to believe him or not. So she's kind of, it's kind of up in the air, I think, for her. It didn't really matter because any thoughts of her leaving Paul, even if he, you know, said, hey, I really am, um, were washed away due to her insecurities, and she was terrified that Paul would tell her parents about her involvement in Tammy's death. So I think that was really the clincher that was like, okay, I'm going to have to stay with him regardless. I'm going to have to suck it up and deal with it. I wonder. I don't if, want my parents knowing I killed my sister. I wonder if Paul included Tammy because, uh, as a way to make, to kind of cinch the deal, like, uh, she'll never leave me now. Very, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the plan was to never kill Tammy. It was, right. they accidentally overdosed her. Right. No, and no. So, I mean, not the know, death. I mean, the rape. The plan oh, was to rape oh, her, Oh, right? yes. Yeah. So yeah. that was the first kill for him as well, right? Well, he had been raping all the women all along. Raping, but, yeah, but, but to, murder. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even though, it was, even though I'm saying it's accidental, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this whole thing is just crazy. I mean, he, he definitely, I think, knew that Carla was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And knew that she wasn't going to go tell her parents that they killed her sister. So, I mean, he clinched. Yeah. Yeah, he sealed the deal with that. So, um, meanwhile, Paul's, Paul's DNA sample that he provided two, month, two months ago is still sitting on the shelf at the forensics lab. And I, I think I can let the cat out of the bag here. I think we all know that Paul is the Scarborough rapist. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry. Darn. Having not been thrown in jail, Paul feels empowered and, and bolder and thinks he's smarter, smarter than he the police. He does not know that it's not come back negative. It just hasn't been it tested It just hasn't yet. been. Exactly. Idiot. Exactly. So on June 15th, 1991, while Carla is sleeping, Paul rushes in her bedroom and wakes her up saying he has a surprise for her. It's a 14-year-old girl named Leslie Mahaffey. Why do we have to get the people who have the names that are just... You just <laughs> the towns that they lived in and the names oh, I know, is difficult I know. to pronounce. I'm I like, know. God almighty. John Smith from now on. I know, right? 
Bob Dole. <laughs> he had been riding through a town called Burlington, which is halfway between Toronto and St. Catharines, to steal license plates when he found Leslie. Now, there's a whole story about him stealing license plates, and some of it, I think, is due to he was smuggling cigarettes across the border. Um, and I don't know. Into the U.S. Into, well, into, it was what, they were going kind of back and forth. So I think they were going to the U.S. and snatching cigarettes and then coming back. Now, I don't know what kind of cigarettes. I don't know. It was a whole thing. <laughs> and, and I could have gone down the rabbit hole, but I was like, yeah. I, I, I've got to, I've got to put this episode out. So I, I did not go down the rabbit hole. I'm like, is so. it that lucrative? I mean, in well, prison, I hear. I but. guess. I guess maybe in the early 90s, and I don't know what Canada's laws are, and maybe he could sell them for more. Maybe they had shitty cigarettes. I don't know. Oh, that's hilarious. But yeah, so anyway, um, and if you guys know, please let me know. I just didn't go down the rabbit hole, like I said. Yeah, and it's easy to go down the rabbit, and you're like, okay, it's been two days. Why am I still looking at cigarettes? And now how Newports were created, and the year they, and who the inventor was, and what the fuck happened? Exactly. Y'all would have gotten a whole episode about cigarettes. (laughs) anyway so (laughs) it happens it does happen so anyway leslie um had been outside she had been locked out of her house because she had missed her curfew which is a shame she paid the ultimate price exactly and i bet her parents are like shit maybe we should i hope they do feel guilty he had told leslie that he had planned on robbing her neighbor's house well she's unfazed by this and she's like like, you're a cool person can i play with you for a little bit so yeah basically that's what she says she's like oh okay cool um do you have a cigarette so he's like yeah in my car and that's how he lured her some people to his vehicle. Will get kidnapped by cigarettes and some would be like hey there's puppies in my truck <laughs> right <gasps> i want to see Here's some candy right so um his ultimate plan being that he's gonna take leslie and he's gonna keep her as a sex slave so together, Carla and Paul hold the young girl captive in their home, taking turns repeatedly sodomizing, assaulting, and torturing this poor girl while videotaping the whole damn thing. That is, I'm assuming she was, con- they didn't drug her like they did her sister? Well, I haven't gotten there oh, yet. sorry. But yeah, no, 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 it's okay. Um, really for her, they, um, well, yeah, I, during the attack, yeah, the- she had been blindfolded and it had slipped. And she told both Paul and Carla, you know, hey, I kind of, hey, I see you. <laughs> so they, you know, they knew, well, shit, if we let her go, they're going to, she's going to be able to it. identify us. <laughs> right. right. So the next day, Carla fed her a lethal dose of halicon. Um, so Carla would later say that Paul strangled her, but it's kind of that he said, she said situation with these two. Um, and they then put her dead body in the basement and then had Carla's family over for dinner. Oh, my God. Like you do. <laughs> of course. Oh, let's put her in the basement. Oh, hey, call mom and dad and ask her if they want to come over. So once everybody had left the dinner... Um, Paul used his grandfather's circular saw to cut up her body in pieces and encase them in concrete blocks and then dump them in a nearby lake um, called Lake Gibson, which is about 11 miles south of Port DeLucy. So now it's two weeks before Carla and Paul's wedding. Oh, I forgot. They're not even married yep, yet. They're not even married. <clears throat> and they're, they were going on about life as usual. So on August, I'm sorry, June 29th, um, 1991, they got married in a church. <laughs> and I'm sorry, there I'm not... No spontaneous combustions? I know, I'm not horribly religious, but 
I, I just, the fact that these two people got married in a church is blasphemy and it just makes my skin crawl. And it just, why didn't you do it outside? I mean, at least. <laughs> Could you do it on the beach like everyone else Right. Does? Have the decency. If you're going to murder people, don't do it in a damn church. Right. Agreed. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So on the same day as their wedding, funny enough, while on a fishing expedition, Two fishermen find the body parts of Leslie Mahaffey encased in concrete blocks. So, um, I gotta ask. Go right ahead. How did they find her body if they were encased, and I'm assuming at the bottom of a lake? Yeah, well, I guess the concrete um, broke away. It's very hard to make concrete correctly if you don't know how if you i don't know if you've ever tiled or or anything and I so mean, you have to get the mixture just, just right water and concrete but i remember back in the i remember in the 80s my dad <clears throat> actually was building a house that we were living in yeah and he would mix gravel and sand yeah. and all this other stuff and it didn't look overly complicated but i guess you could screw it up absolutely and if you don't get the mixture just right with the amount of water it's going to break away and you could likely some of it could float to the top. So not to mention yeah. if they're fishing and it's not that deep. Yeah. You could have hooked it. You I didn't realize that uh, not doing the concrete could have caused it to break away or do oh, it. Oh, absolutely. So over the next year, uh, police look for clues as to who could have done such a horrible thing, but they have no leads. So once again, police bring in an FBI agent. Um, and it's Greg McCary, who also helped with the Scarborough Rapist. And he had absolutely no reason to think that the Scarborough Rapist um, was linked to the killing of Leslie and focused solely on tracking down Leslie's killer. And police, from, from that standpoint, don't even share any information with him about the St. Catherine's rape. So why would he even think to link those two together? Uh. So, while police look for clues, Carla settles into married life and Paul's deviant sexual behavior escalates. He begins asking Carla to bring her sister's best friends around so he can drug them the same way that he drugged Tammy. I keep forgetting she wasn't Carla's only sister. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, Carla does convince several of Tammy's friends to come over to the house. And as they did with Tammy, they drug them and assault them and then rape them. Thankfully, they don't die, but they are all videotaped. Their video collection is growing very fast. And because Paul's thirst can't be quenched, with Carla's knowledge, he goes out on his own scouting missions for women so he can bring them back to the house and then rape them. So on April 16th, 1992, Carla and Paul decide they're going to take a leisurely afternoon drive um, to abduct another sex slave. That's when they see 15-year-old Kristen French walking home from school. They turn into a church parking lot waiting for her to pass by. And as Kristen approaches, Carla calls her over under the guise that she and Paul need help with directions. And steps outside to, and even holds a map. So she's like, hey, could you show me where on the map, blah, blah, blah. They are prepared. And, oh, they've, they've, they've thought of all of it. Well, the couple then shove Kristen in the car and go home with her. So over the week, Easter weekend, the two videotaped themselves torturing, raping, and then sodomizing this poor girl. Very soon, though, Kristen is reported missing, and police begin looking for her and discover 
that there is a witness that saw Kristen with two people in a beige Camaro in the church parking lot, which led police to believe she was indeed kidnapped. And they actually also found a shoe. So I guess during the, you know, scuttle, scuttle yeah. yeah, they, you know, she lost a shoe. I mean, I'm not glad, but I'm glad there was some evidence. Oh, definitely. So that they could, they had a starting port at le- a point, at least they yeah. knew that she had been abducted from that church parking lot. Like, I'm telling you, if something happens to me, they're going to, you're going to see. Oh my oh, God. One, I'm losing my, my hair falls out like a hundred. Uh, same. Thousand oh, look, strands there's a day. Carrie's wig. So I'll be pulling it out <laughs> everywhere. I'll leave a sock somewhere. I'll rip off a nail. Here you go. You're gonna find pieces of me all over the place. Yep. I'm <laughs> <laughs> doing everything. I'll leave a spit trail. Scratching my dry skin all over the place. <laughs> why, why is there so much DNA in here? <laughs> Christine, they're, they're, they're like them. somebody's got dandruff really bad. <laughs> So with Kristen missing and two people on the loose, the Niagara Police Force put together a task force called the Green Ribbon Task Force. They examine examine witness statements about the beige Camaro and hook back up with McCreary. Um, And they now know that the attacker has an accomplice. Now, why they call it the Green Ribbon Task Force, I have no idea. I don't know what the Green Ribbon stands for. I don't know. But... I didn't look that up either, people. (laughs) Another rabbit hole for me. So what the police don't know, though, is that the beige Camaro lead is faulty. Um, While Paul does drive a Camaro, his is gold and not beige. So he's not even the least bit worried about being (laughs) caught. So, like, he's on the ground watching TV on the couch, whatever, and... Oh, He's they're like, looking. Whatever, they're looking whatever. for Whatever. They're looking for tomato, a fucking tomato. Right. So, yeah, he he doesn't even care. So, it's in the media though. Um, you know that that's where you're going to get caught. Um, they begin linking the Kristen's abduction with Leslie's disappearance and murder that took place over a year ago and throw up the headlines that cause everyone to wonder if there isn't, you know, a serial killer or killers on the loose. So I, I think this is, this is slowly the Starting end. to come unravel. Exactly. It I mean, even though the you beginning can't of the end. Yet, right. Yep. It is the beginning of the end for these two. So Kristen's father pleads on national TV, offering words of hope to his daughter. If in fact she's watching. Meanwhile, Carla and Paul forced Kristen to drink large amounts of al- alcohol so she, you know, she would submit herself to Paul willingly. Yeah. She was never blindfolded, um, which we know, you know, Leslie was. So they had planned all along to kill her. Um, the next day, Paul and Carla beat Kristen with a rubber mallet because she had tried to escape and then strangled her with a noose. Then the two, um, you know, went to Easter dinner with their family, like you do. <laughs> like, it seems like rubber, every time they kill somebody, they go rubber. eat. Like, murders just <laughs> they make me so hungry. So many calories. So they burn so many calories. <laughs> then they dump um, Kristen's body in a ditch near the cemetery where Leslie Mahaffey is buried. Um, which is thirty miles from her own hometown in St. Catharines. So what's interesting is. They, you know, kidnap each girl from separate, you know, towns, but then dump their bodies in the vice versa town, which is kind of crazy. So, 
Her body, unfortunately, isn't found until 10 days later, which is on April 30th. So her poor body laid naked um, in a ditch for 10 days, which is awful. Well, McCreary at this point has developed and published a profile of the assailant describing him as a young white male in his 20s, history of sexual violent crimes, history of domestic crimes, which we know describes Paul to a teen. So let's flash forward to January 1993. Paul and Carla's relationship has never been rainbows and unicorns, obviously, based off all the the sexual rape, the rapes and the started out kind of weird. Yeah. And in January, it takes a very violent turn for the worse. When Paul beats the hell out of Carla with a flashlight. Damn. He gives her two black eyes, a broken rib, and severe bruising. And having enough, Carla goes to the emergency room and decides then and there she's moving out. Yeah, she's done. I'm done. So finally, after two but years... got to keep your secrets. Exactly. And see, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. So after two years, finally, the DNA that Paul provided to the police is processed and is identified as the Scarborough Rapist. So, police now know we've got somebody. Yeah. We know exactly who this person is. He's now living in Port de Lucie, which is 80 miles away from Scarborough. And, of course, this whole time, Paul thinks he's beaten the system. But the police have not only linked the Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey cases, they have now realized that the Scarborough rape, rape, rapist is responsible for all three crimes. So, now that the police know that Paul is responsible for the murders of the two young girls and the rapes in the Scarborough area, area, they call in Carla for questioning. They also bring in members of the Green Ribbon Task Force to question her. And now they know that Paul is responsible for the murders of the two young girls. Um, Carla is going to have to go to the cops. They know they're married. So she goes in, um, and having had to talk to the police, she sees the writing on the wall and goes home and tells her parents everything. Everything. Even that they murdered her sister? Now, I don't know about the sister. I, I don't know what I would do if one child murdered the other. Yeah, I don't know... I honestly, I don't know if they, if she confessed the Tammy part. I feel like that was probably kept left out. Was well, and it was probably yeah. I mean, I why why confess that, right? Well, on her parents' advice, she hires an attorney, and she ends up telling him everything, um, to include that her husband is a Scarborough rapist. Um, and she also tells him about her involvement in the murders of Leslie and Kristen, as well as her own sister, Tammy. So I don't know if maybe yeah. that eventually, I'm sure it obviously it came oh, out, yeah. but. At some um, point. Well, Carla doesn't paint herself as the aggressor and says that she was forced to participate in all the crimes. What do you think about that? So personally, I think. You know, I try to put myself in, in other people's shoes. I'm 17. I'm naive. I, I'm i I'm desperate. Obviously, she was desperate. This man is showing me so much attention. And, you know, I haven't had the best role models growing up as to what a relationship should be. So, and I found myself trapped because now we've killed my sister. And now I have to go along with this. I can see that side of it. But at the same time... I do feel like Carla is a little bit 
dark. And I feel like she has a taste for what was happening because I'm going to tell you the first time I found out that you raped somebody, I would have been out. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I would have gone to the cops. Yeah. You know, I <clears throat> clearly she doesn't have a very strong moral compass. I don't think all. she was forced and I don't the crimes. Yeah. In the end, I, think, I don't think so. I think there was definitely, I think she was persuaded sure. from the beginning yep. that she, she probably, I don't think she wanted to kill her sister. Or, well, she wanted to rape her sister and then it got yep. so far that they ended, she ended up dying. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, I, I don't believe that shit for a minute because no. they have the videotapes. I'm assuming. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, she agrees to testify against her husband if, and only if, they give her a reduced sentence. So this deal was coined by the media as, quote, a deal with the devil, end quote. It was probably, and I think historically, the worst deal ever made by the court system in Canada. But Canada sucks anyway, because, let me rephrase that. There- yeah, no offense to our Canadian <laughs> listeners. Let me rephrase that. But oftentimes when I've done research or read about crimes, like people who... I think deserve life in yeah, prison or prism. Mm-hmm. get it's, it's insane what they get up there. I think, yeah, they, they tend to they be more lenient, lenient. Yeah. Is what I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely more lenient. Well, Carla then confesses to police everything, painting herself, of course, in the best of lights um, and tells them that Paul is responsible for the deaths of all three girls. He, she says Paul forced her to be part of the attacks against her will. She also tells them that she has proof of everything that she said in their home on all the videos that they took of the assaults. So word spreads fast that the police know exactly who the perpetrator is of the murders and rapes around the area. And on February 17th, 1993, police arrest Paul Bernardo. Police obtain a search warrant and begin searching Paul's home. Oddly enough, after 71 days of searching, police still cannot locate the videotapes of the attacks. 71? They searched for 71 days. 71 days. Like, do we... Like, we all know how long 71 days That's a long-ass time. Three months. I... That's almost three months. What what did they... Did they pick the... uh, Wow. Okay. And I, I mean, the I house can't even was, ask you any questions because I know you don't know. Well, no. And, and and looking at pictures, the house wasn't that big. But you know, you you want to hide something, you can find something, right? You know. Well, so all the police now have um, because they can't find these videos is Carla's word, and it's really going to be come down to Paul's word against Carla's word. But yeah. they take Carla's word, and they want Paul off the street. And behind bars, so right. the police make a deal because with the devil. I'm assuming Carla probably never would have done any of these things if it would not have been for Paul. I don't know. I mean, that's a very like, interesting she question. She probably wouldn't have raped her sister. Well, no, I don't think she would have raped her sister at all. That's why I'm saying I think in the end, it, this became a match made in hell. And and it was the universe put two people together. One may not have acted a certain way until the other one became involved. Right. So, well, Carla receives a reduced sentence in exchange for her testimony against her husband. The details of the deal are kept secret from her husband to ensure that Paul Bernardo receives a fair trial. Well, on June 28, 1993, Carla has to appear in court to face the charges against her. While reporters were allowed in the courtroom, they are only allowed to report on the charges and the sentence. Um, Nothing more. This frustrates the public because they want to know what the hell's going on. And they feel like people 
have a right to know. I think people what need happened. to calm down. It's not your business. At I, some, you I, know agree. What I, mean? I agree. I like, agree. I want to know too, but we also have to let the system work, work correctly. Right. Agreed. Well, this case is, case is so huge. And because the court basically made a deal with Carla that was like just despicable, um, they weren't allowed to, you know, print any of the details. Right. Well, in court, Carla's lawyer portrays her as an abused wife. Um, whose husband forced her to participate in his crimes. She's convicted of manslaughter and sentenced to two 12-year sentences to be served concurrently for her part in the Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French murders. Now, two 12 sentences would equal 24 if she served them back-to-back, but because they were concurrent, this bitch only had to serve 12 years. And I'm assuming she could get out early. Right? No, she did not get out early. She did, in fact, serve Serve the entire time. Serve the entire time. But she didn't get in trouble at all for anything to do with her sister. Mm. Um, And, you know, any other of the rapes or abductions that they took part in. Um, She is then sent to Kingston Prison for Women in Ontario. And in August of 1993, while Carla is in prison, she files for divorce. Thank God. Finally. Well, day one of Paul Bernardo Paul Bernardo's trial started on May 18th, 1995. We were graduating just shortly around Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I know. I think I thought about that like during the case. I was like, oh, where was I? Oh, yeah, I was in high school when this happened. People line up for blocks in order to get a seat in the courtroom. And Paul pleads not guilty to nine charges to include uh, kidnapping, unlawful confinement, aggravated assault, aggravated sexual assault, and murder in connection with the deaths of Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey. The day starts with the new with new evidence found by the prosecu- prosecution. Miraculously, after exhaustive searches of Paul's home, they actually find six videos, um, and it they now have you know evidence. Um, of the attacks but what was portrayed on the video is not the picture that Carla painted for the police believe it or not I know that's a shocker but um, the tapes actually show Carla's willingness to participate in all the videos on one of the tapes she's seen raping her sister and egging Paul on as he rapes Tammy in turn so She's she's not the demure, oh my god, yes, master, I will rape my yeah. sister. No, she's happily participating in all of these activities. Had the videotapes been found prior to Carla's plea deal, she wouldn't have been offered one. So it makes you wonder if that was by design or if it was just her damn luck. I think she's a sneaky I See think you she, next Tuesday. Exactly. That's my thought, too. Well, in court, Paul's attorneys maintain that anything that Paul did criminally with the women always stopped short of murder. He had a long history of assaulting and raping women, but they all lived. It was only when Carla was involved that the victims died. Paul insisted in the beginning that he was not the killer, and Carla was. And I have to say, he does have a point. I mean... If we think about it, there were no killings until Carla actually became involved. But at the same time, was it just because they were playing off each other's 
you know, evilness and got carried away. Pack mentality. Yeah, exactly. It, I, I Probably a combination. I agree. I don't know that it was necessarily, necessarily Carla alone who was like, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him. But she was, you know, intrigued with death. So I don't, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Well, Carla on the stand says that Paul is the mastermind and that she was forced to play along or she'd be beaten or worse. Because which I can did see say that. she was beaten. Yeah, right? she was. Oh, he was abusive. He yeah. was very abusive. On cross-examination, the defense plays the tapes, which is horrible, um, to which show her participation, but she claims battered wife syndrome. Experts argued that while she may have been battered, she can't claim the syndrome um, and was definitely more of an accomplice than, you know, hey, I've got this syndrome, which yeah. is, you know, oh, I'm a battered wife. Nevertheless, she got her deal. And while the video shows her compliance in all the crimes, there's nothing else that can be done to her from a punishment standpoint. It's kind of like that double jeopardy situation. Paul's trial lasts almost four months. In an effort to spare the families any more grief, the judge, as I said just a little while ago, allows the jury to watch those videos. But he only allows audio to be heard in the court audience to spare everybody's yeah. feelings. Well, the audio reveals Paul's MO. In every attack, Paul had the victims repeat over and over that he was the king and that they'd do anything for him. Well, after hearing 86 witness statements, the jury is released to deliberate and decide Paul's fate. After eight hours of deliberation on September 1st, 1995, 31-year-old Paul Bernardo is found guilty on all charges, including two counts of first-degree murder of Leslie and Kristen. Paul is sentenced to life in prison and eligible for parole after 25 years. However, after his conviction, he confesses to the manslaughter of his sister-in-law, Tammy, and the sexual assault of 14 additional women in the Scarborough area. The judge then declares him a dangerous offender, which means he'll never get out of jail because he's likely to reoffend. The following year, the Supreme Court releases a full write-up of basically how the police fucked up the entire case. Yeah. <laughs> they believe the police let Paul fall through the cracks just because he had moved from one town to the next. And there was actually, you know, a lot of, you know, lack of communication between police forces. Had the, you know, St. Catherine's police force talked to the Scarborough police force, they would have known that there was, you know, a rape, you know, right. rapist. Um, as a result, the police did come up with more advanced way to communicate crimes, you know, throughout the departments, which is a good thing. But, yeah. it, you know, you hate that this kind of shit happened in order for something to Get change done. in, yeah, in a, in a way of communication. Well, while she served her sentence, Carla had a sexual affair with another female inmate who was then serving a sentence for armed robbery. She also had a, had sex with a few male inmates, for that matter. Um, she also took up a correspondence course, course in sociology, <clears throat> excuse me, and ultimately completed a degree in psychology from Queens University. That's what we need. I'm like, <laughs> I find it odd that she took up sociology and I don't, psychology. I don't. I mean, maybe she's trying to understand herself, but I think she's going to use it when she gets out. Well, experts who have analyzed both Carla and Paul 
um, say that Carla is actually more psycho- um, psychopathic. Now she knows exactly what to and what not yeah. to say. They think she's more <clears throat> psychopathic than Paul and likely more dangerous. Um, but true to their word, the court releases Carla on July 4th, 2005. Unable to return to St. Catharines, she moves to French-speaking Montreal and changed her name to Leanne Teal. Now, Leanne was her middle name, so she just changed her last name. Shortly after her release, she married Thierry Borales, a, and, <laughs> which I find very interesting. This guy is her former lawyer's brother. Now, I... I find all kind of shit wrong with that, but whatever. She bounced from the Antilles in Guadalupe back to Quebec, where she lives now with her husband and three children. This bitch has three kids. And it's not been easy. And let me just go back for a second. First of all, what are you going to tell your kids when they get older? Mommy was a rapist and a murderer. And you had a aunt that i killed i mean what how in the these you poor hope, children you, you hope and pray though they don't find out about it that's what you do uh, well the public knows about yeah, this and then chick you don't move back to canada thank you, you. Move somewhere else people yeah. in guadalupe did not give a shit about her and who she was there but you're back in canada where you committed severe crimes and everybody knows your name yeah, you, yeah she's got she's gonna she's clearly a, a, a selfish because I, if I had done that, I'm not bringing children into the freaking world so that they can be made fun of and have to live with the wrath of, you know, what the public feels about them because they were raised by a rapist and a, and a killer. Oh, yeah. But whatever. I'm off my soapbox. It's not been easy for her. I'm glad. Um, once she moved back to Canada in 2014, the public was outraged after they found out that she had chaperoned her kids' school class field, field trip. Her husband is unfazed by the public's concern and basically has told people if they're scared, they can move. Um, while we all agree that Carla didn't receive the punishment she deserved, she did serve her time and we have to respect her privacy. But that doesn't mean we can't talk about her wrongdoing so that people don't forget what she's actually capable of. Oh, yeah. She got literally got away with murder. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And that's the horrible disgusting case of Carla and Paul. Yeah, it it is very disgusting. It is. There's a couple of documentaries out there um, that you guys can see on YouTube. And I, I can't remember the names. Um, I think there's, it's the Ken and Barbie murders because they dubbed him. He looked like Ken, a Ken doll and she looked like a Barbie doll. And so um, you guys can check that out. You can also, um, there's a, a couple of books out there about Carla and Paul that get in some nasty details, um, and they're pretty nasty. Right, yeah. But I, I can put those um, out there on the website, and I'll put them out there on uh, when we post the episode. So, um, yeah. But anyway. Well, that was a, a very gory, disgusting it was. story. Thank you. It was. <clears throat> it was, and I'm glad I could... Uh, Make your Share night. it with us all. You Absolutely. Push the top a couple times. Oh, I'm turning off. There we go. The old lady <laughs> flashlights. So, so you guys, right now it's looking like we're gonna record my episode this weekend. That's the plan. Um, hopefully, we'll release it early um, next on week. time. Yeah, on time. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. But I do wanna. It's gonna be a little bit of a 
spin. It's still going to be gory and gothic and, and gothic. macabre. Not gothic, right? But <laughs> we're going to be talking about some serial killers. However, I'm going to be talking about several because I got... I. My interests were peaked, and I wanted to come up with a list of the most notorious serial killers released to date. Um, who are out free roaming the world. Free. And your girl, Carla, was actually on my list. Yep. Like I was telling you earlier, I'm like, I'm not going to do her, but I may put her back on there and just do like, oh, guess what else we know about? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of thing. Yep. Um, but I want to say, and I'll say this again when we record, but I had no clue there were so many and i mean hundreds if not really i swear to god of of people who have been to prison for murder and i don't mean like a manslaughter charge oh okay you mean like straight up serial I mean killers Carla's. Uh, yeah okay. okay i mean jeffrey Dahmer's <laughs> caliber yeah yeah um that and all over the world canada the united states sure. central america uh, europe all over the place so you guys, just take that into consideration when you're out in public and you're wondering who's who this you're person? with or yep. the next time you've had a couple drinks. Like if you want to maybe, you know, go out with that person to a, you know, a more quieter place, just be careful. It is, it is daunting how many people there are. So yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I can't yeah, wait I'm to excited. hear. I'm excited. Matter of fact, I had to stop myself because there's a little bit of a rabbit hole with those guys too. Oh, I'm sure. It, it, there's, there's even a female child. Oh yeah, I think I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting. It I, should be very interesting. I can't wait to hear. You're I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Well, I love and it. And I had to stop. I'm like, all right, this isn't a yeah. whole episode about every single one of them. Right. Um, but it, I'm I'm excited about the the next recording. So yeah, we'll get this done this week and we'll get it recorded next weekend. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So well, that's all we have. I hope everybody had a great Turkey Day. I forgot to yeah. say that in the beginning. Seems and um, and again, we have. Christmas yes. coming up with three weeks away. Three weeks away and um, New Year's <gasps> Eve. New Year's Eve. Come on, 2022. Oh my God. Just just let's get over the shit that we're in now. Ex exactly. So, okay. All well, right, thanks guys. Thanks everybody for listening and have a great night and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 -bye.